and welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, one of the many great shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. My name is Nick Cosbider, and I am joined by my colleague Kendra Andrews. Uh, and today we're talking greats. We're, we're going to go down the Nuggets roster um, and, and sort of give our assessments of, of where the Nuggets finish this season. Now, of course, season's not over officially. Uh, there, there, I think, is some optimism among some parties that there still can be some way to salvage this season. Uh, you can hear my one-year-old son weighing in on, on that as well. Uh, but I, I think that we can still approach this, uh, given what we know about how the Nuggets played in these 65 games. So we're going get, to get into that and, and kind of have fun discussions about um, you know kind of each player on this roster. Uh, but before we do all that, I, I just wanted to give a special thanks again. You know, you guys continue to listen, continue to read continue to engage with us uh, on social media platforms uh, it means everything we're, we're so thankful for all of our subscribers at the athletic um, and, and for continuing to stick with us during this time if you're not a subscriber yet head to the athletic.com slash rainbow skyline to get a great low-cost deal on a subscription sign up now you never know when these deals are going to end you can also as a subscriber now go into our individual podcast episodes uh, and leave comments tell us what you didn't like tell us what you did like um, you know tell us what you want to hear in the future it's just one more way for you guys to interact with us and we will certainly be reading all of those okay Kendra before we get into these grades what's uh give me one new thing in your life since the last time we talked what was a uh, quarantine life like for you this week did you introduce any any new routines anything new happened uh well I am moving apartments You're moving. Uh, next Saturday I know moving in a pandemic right yeah, Good. it's great yeah. timing on my part <laughs> um, so I've started that process so that's been my new thing. I got all my boxes. All my boxes have arrived, my bubble wrap. Uh, so I guess I think this weekend and next week will be the packing process, which, you know, who doesn't love packing up all of your belongings and getting out of here? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, um, hopefully that, uh, that that doesn't cause you too much too much grief <laughs> over the next week or so. Should be okay. <laughs> the only thing I'm concerned about is getting my couch out because when those guys brought it in, I was like, well, I can't move now because they could barely get the thing in here. So that should be – I'll report back on how that went. <laughs> Is it going to be like a lower it out of the window, just like throw it out the window situation or <laughs> Probably. what? Probably. We might have to, honestly. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll hope, you, hope you take care of that. So <laughs> let, <you>. let's um, <laughs> let's dive into these uh, into these grades. And the way that we're going to sort of do this today is just we're, – so we're going to talk about each of these players um, individually. Uh, we'll, we'll spend obviously some time on – some more time on certain guys, a little bit less time on certain guys who we just kind of know that are, uh, you know, maybe a little more obvious in terms of what we think. Uh, we're going to alternate sort of who goes first uh, on these grades, and uh, we'll just kind of take it from there. We'll also kind of not talk about, you know, Noah Vonley, Kate, uh, Kate Bates Diop, and Troy Daniels. Uh, just didn't play enough for for this team to to really have any kind of judgment. Um, same thing goes with with Juancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley, um, who who were traded uh, in February. So, uh, and also a sh- um, you know our condolences to Malik Beasley, who lost um, a family member on his mother's side um, during this coronavirus pandemic. Um, you know, thought thoughts to him, longtime Nugget before four year Nugget before he got traded this February. Uh, so with that, Kendra, let's roll into it, and I'll just kind of start off here. We'll, we'll start with the top uh and Nikola Jokic Mm -hmm. and um you know my grade for Nikola Jokic is uh is a 
And yes, the first six weeks were not typical uh, of him. Uh, I think that given the playoff run that he had had the spring before, I think everybody just kind of expected him to come in and, you know, average 25 and 12 and nine and, and do what he did in the playoffs. And, you know, he just wasn't quite at that level. But the reality is that the Nuggets, even during his, you know, quote unquote, struggle period were 13 and three. They were the number two team in the Western conference. And that was still largely due to how well he played. He hit two game winners during that time, still was averaging 16, 10 and seven. Again, it just wasn't what people had seen during that bonkers playoff run. Uh, You know, Jokic could very well end up being the first team all NBA center for the second year in a row. And so in my mind, you can't judge his season individually, anything as anything other than a major success. Yeah. I pretty much had the exact same thing. And a, for me, I noted the slow start, as you mentioned, and then, I mean, also in that time period that you're talking about of when he was in his quote-unquote slump, I mean, he had multiple triple-doubles, double-doubles, and then you got to February where he was just, you know, the Nikola Jokic everyone knows where he averaged 25.5 points on 64.2% shooting from the field and was just doing everything that he expected or everything that everyone expected him to do. Um, and so no doubt in my mind that he was an a student of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think there's any real, real doubt about that. Um, let's go ahead and move on to, um, to Jamal Murray. Okay. I'll go first with this one for me. He's for me, he was kind of straddling in between, uh, like a B plus a minus to me. And the reason why I said that is, so I was working on a story the, uh, this, the past couple of days and about looking back at what a question that I asked them at the beginning of the season. And, and one of the questions or the question that I asked uh, for Jamal Murray is what will taking the next step look like for him? And in my opinion, he just didn't quite take that next step. He, you know, he did improve his consistency, especially there was that stretch in February through 15 games where he was just on fire. Um Outside of that, I I didn't feel like he really took the strides that the Nuggets, you know, needed him to take. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit lower on Murray. I I gave Mm -hmm. him a B. I gave him a B minus, and I think the biggest reason for that is I I think if if you're a Nuggets fan, if you're a member of the Nuggets uh, front office, you have to be a little bit disappointed in the way that he started the year. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, that that was something that throughout his career so far, his four years now in the NBA, um, he has shot the ball really poorly coming out of the gate. And it's something that they were aware of, something that we was a talking point going into the season of how do we how do we get Murray to um, to kind of just come out firing firing right away. And and yet again, he had another really slow October and November in terms of shooting the ball. Now, he, he was doing a lot of things better this year than he had done a year before. Um, you know, he was distributing at a high level. Uh, I, I think his mid range game took another step forward. And, and he's a player that uses that as a weapon quite a lot. Um, and, and so it, it wasn't as if, the, you know, this guy had anything resembling a, a lost season. Um, he, you know, he was he was injured this year a little bit, which which is new for him. Not something that um, he's had a lot of in his career. He missed 10 games uh, with that uh, bad ankle injury. He suffered against Charlotte. But here's a guy again. He averaged a career high 18.8 points a game, got his free throw shooting back up to 90 percent, um, matched a career high with 4.8 assists. Um, and, and he did start to get that three point shooting uh, back to where it needed to be. By the time the season ended, he was almost at 35%. Uh, they need him to be higher. They need him to be about a 38% three-point shooter, I think, to, to really kind of uncork their ceiling. But it was a it was a big stride from where he had been early in the year. So 
Um, again, he, I, I still think he had a solid season. I think there's, there's a lot of things that he, he added this year and, and continues to make me believe that he can be a guy who takes, takes a big step ultimately, but it is going to have to come down, uh, to, to playing like an all-star out of the gate. You know, if you, you can't all, all-star players make their cases from the jump. And and if he wants to be that guy, which the Nuggets need him to be, he's got to make his case from the jump. And so I docked him. I docked him pretty good uh, for for not doing so this year. Uh, let's roll into Gary Harris. Um, for me, it was a C minus. You know, th- this was Gary Harris's worst season since his rookie year. Um, the injuries were once again a problem. He obviously missed uh, 25 games last season with with various injury issues, and that was that came on the heels of missing the end of the 2017-18 season uh, with some injuries. This year, he he missed nine games. And, um, you know, again, only averaged 10.4 points per game, the lowest of his career outside of outside of a rookie season that he only played 13 minutes a game. I, I mean, it was just a really rough year for Gary Harris. Uh, 33.3% shooting from three was the lowest again since that since that rookie year that you can kind of just just throw away. Um, you know, the really the only saving grace, I think, for Harris is that he started to kind of find it a little bit the last few weeks of the season. He did look like he was starting to create some momentum for himself. Uh, uh, going into what would have been the playoffs, um, and and he continues to be a really solid defender. And I know that's something that kind of gets discounted when you have a guy that's just really not giving you a lot offensively. But um, he, yeah, it, I, I, there's just no other way to spin it. It's, it's not a it's it's not an attack on Harris, who who is still I think a really solid player and is going to be capable of getting himself out of this. Um, but it, it was just it was just a really rough season for Gary Harris. Yeah, I completely agree. I had him at a C, C minus. And, and honestly, I think one of the reasons why it wasn't lower than that is because of that defense that you mentioned and how he just absolutely shut down some of the league's top guards and Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard and Devin Booker. Um, but as you were talking about, if you take out the defense, what what did he really do? do to really help this team this year. Um, and that's not what you want from your starting shooting guard is you, you need some offense, some shooting, some more production from him. And he just did not give it to them this year. He's still a player who I, I think his very presence, the way that he knows his teammates, the way that he kind of understands what the nuggets do. Um, you know, I, it, I still believe that he's a guy who, who brings, a sense of calm, his 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 poise and the way he plays. And to his credit, one thing he never does during these times is is kind of you know slump. He's he's never like a you know a slump guy in the locker room. Uh, but again, there were just some times this year where I, I just thought his overall confidence um, would was kind of wavering a little bit. And and you know you hope if you're a Nuggets fan that that he gets that back. Um, let's move next to Will Barton. What what grade did you have? And Kendra, the point the um, the report card I'm getting from you. If if it says CC minus, I'm coming to you with like, hey, tell me which one. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you got for, for Will Barton? I, I was, I was a big fan of Will Barton this year. I thought it was a complete redemption season for him. So I gave him, I gave him a, uh, an a minus because I just thought that first off you're, you're talking about, uh, the presence that Gary Harris has not even when playing, but just that calming presence. And that's something that guys had repeatedly said that Will Barton brings to this team. But then on top of that, I mean, I think that he was 
second to Nicole Jokic, their most consistent player. He came out of the gates uh, in in October when the season started, and you never really saw him waver. I think he missed a couple games due to an injury and just probably fatigue uh, in February when pretty much like everyone was injured on the Nuggets. Um, but I mean, I just. I just thought that he brought a little bit of everything to this team. Whatever the Nuggets needed him to do, he managed to do it somehow. Yeah, I mean, Barton was a was a big reason the Nuggets started like they did. I mentioned that thirteen and three start. He 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 was fantastic. I gave him I gave him a B plus, um, and and probably you know I considered kind of an A grade for him. I, I think the only thing that kept me from that was that he he was having kind of some lulls a little bit toward the end of the season. Um, or toward the end of the, the, the period that the hiatus came. Uh, and there were some times in there where that happened, but, but he, you probably, you, you could be well served to have given him an, an A grade for the, for the season that he had. I mean, you're talking about a guy who had averaged 15.1 points, 6.3 rebounds, which is by far a career high and 3.7 assists all on the best shooting of, of his career. Like I said, I was really tempted to go a minus um, only again, only reason I didn't was some of those, some of those lulls that he had at times, but he absolutely looked like the, the best, the player that the Nuggets signed to that sizable new deal two summers ago, which has become a bargain again, the way that he was playing this year. Um, my question going forward is, can he do the same thing if he is in fact moved to the bench? Uh, if, if they just decide that the best way to continue to develop Michael Porter Jr. is to let him start, let him play those minutes and, and push, you know, Will Barton into a role that he's played most of his career, which is, you know, big time bench guy, um, really carries that second unit. Um, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm really, that's one of my real curiosities about kind of the future of this team. If he can still be at his best there, playing a ton of minutes off the bench, uh, I, I think he continue, can continue to be a huge value for this team. And it's really going to be interesting to see where the Nuggets go with his role there. Um, let's move to Paul Millsap. Um, I gave Millsap a B. Um, he had a really strong start. Uh, again, it was a guy that really played well in that early part of the season. You could tell that he had, really worked on his conditioning and his fitness and was just really prepared to enter the season um, and, and just continuing to give him that veteran pres- presence and not allowing them to kind of let go of the rope early in the season uh, when, when Jokic wasn't playing well. And I thought the three-point shooting was something else with, with Millsap. You kind of kept waiting for that to come down back to earth, right? Like he can't continue to shoot at this level all season. And yet um, he never really went through a slump as, as an outside shooter, ended up shooting four. 44% uh, through, through the, through the games this year. Uh, the other thing that keeps him though, for me from like getting up to like a B plus a minus a sort of level, um, you know, is again, we, you, you're not on the court a lot. Yeah. Uh, he missed 24 of the team's 65 games. Um, you know, so you're talking about uh, more than a third of the season and um, that, that, that continues to factor in, I think with, with Millsap, obviously I think that's part of what the Nuggets expected. Part of their plan is that again, they got, this young athletic guy in Jeremy Grant, you can allow Paul Millsap to really kind of, um, you know, get healthy, get ready for the playoffs, which I think he was starting to show that he that he was. But to me, um, you know, again, you're starting power forward, missing a lot of time that 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 dings him a little bit for me. Uh, what was your grade for Paul? Yeah, I put him at a B2. And because it's like, it's kind of that middle ground when he's on the court, he played really well for it for them. Um, but then, like you said, he also had to sit a lot. So it's kind of that like teeter totter of he's really, really good when he's out there, but how much can we play him? Because, 
he was injured. He needed his rest, um, which probably in the long run is very good for him to, you know, keep him producing how he was producing. But like you said, it is hard to give someone a higher grade when they aren't playing as much as others. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's move to Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and I think you're up first on this. Yeah, this was an interesting one for me. I kind of didn't really quite know what to give him, um, but I gave him a B. And the reason I gave him a B is because I think there were definitely just some glimpses of, okay, this is the Michael Porter that people are going to want to see, that they expected to see the you know, next thing for the Nuggets. And then there were other moments where you're like, yep, he's a rookie. Yeah, he's hasn't really found a groove because he had inconsistent minutes and in, uh, infrequent, you know, playing times didn't have that set spot in the rotation. Um, it's completely clear to me that he is just, an, you know, natural gifted athlete who is, is made to play this game. But I mean, his defense definitely needs to be to be improved. And I think we saw some improvement throughout the season as it went on. Um, but you know, there, there, there's still just things that he needs to learn and that comes with experience and playing time. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, depending on what his role is next season, you know, you mentioned having Will Barton on the bench. Okay. What does that, does that move him up into that starting line or, you know, where, where does that go and what will that do for him uh, next season? Yeah, I I put a pretty rosy picture on on Porter's season. I gave him a B plus, and I, I the reason being is that again maybe I'm taking a little bit of a viewpoint here. But when the season started, my biggest thing with him was look the health. His health is going to be the most important talking point for him for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed he could play almost every night for an entire season. Um, he just had the the one game in Houston where he. Um, sort of set out because of because of some back tightness, um, which which that's obviously that that was the concern going in, right? Two years, uh, two years really fully of not, of not playing basketball because of his back surgeries, and and that not really being a problem for him uh, all all of the year outside of that kind of little bit of a tweak he had that one game. Obviously, we know he suffered the ankle injury um, that was pretty significant, but I I again I don't count that as anything other than you know basketball normalcy. Um, is a guy hurting his ankle. And so to me, that was the biggest thing is that he showed, I mean, he played far more this season than he had played in the past, probably three seasons combined. And so that to me was, was a hugely positive development. Now he's going to have to obviously continue to show that his body over time, as he puts on weight and all those other things can continue to stay this way. But I, I just, I just can't come away with anything other than thinking that was a really positive, a strong, positive sign. Um, you know, look, a lot of the vacillation that you see in his game that you were mentioning, the fact that he has this really great January, um, you know, is hurt in February and then doesn't really kind of find himself. Um, those are all things that, were to me part of the normal rookie experience. Now his situation is unique, obviously. I mean, uh, most rookies that are as talented as him get to just come in, play a ton of minutes, um, not get pulled for their mistakes. But look, he was in a different situation. Ones that we've kind of talked about ad nauseum is just uh, a different one that that most lottery pick 
level players are in. Uh, but I thought the other plus for me was how well he handled it. Um, you know, he was honest, he was transparent, um, but but he stayed connected. There there, it, there were times where he probably got down and, and wishes he had it. But again, I think overall, just the way that he handled everything, the fact that he was healthy um, and, and then really did show that his skill set is one that can completely transfer to the NBA level. Um, I, I just, I, it was easy to get caught up in the, like the night to night thing of like, Oh, he's not playing or he only played this many minutes. I, I just, when, when I kind of zoomed back and, and thought about this and really looked at it, I, I just think there's a lot of positive to be taken from, from what he did this year. Um, let's see. We're, we're now, we're, we're getting toward the back end of the bench or to the bench. Uh, Monte <laughs> Morris, let's, let's talk about him. Um, I gave Monte a B. Um, it, it was a, it was an interesting that, that he had somewhat of a slow start. And I, I think he was an, one of those guys that, uh, again, last year with all the injuries just played massive minutes and was really able to find his rhythm, uh, early on this year when he wasn't quite playing as much that I, I think affected him a little bit, uh, wasn't quite playing with that same aggressiveness that, that we had come to know. But as, as those injuries did start to creep up and his playing time expanded, he, he was having some of the best stretches of his career. Um, and, and I think the thing that you really like to see, there was a little bit of question coming in to, to the NBA with Monte Morris about just how well he was going to be able to be a shooter. Um, he, he showed flashes of it in college, but was never uh, really a sustained, super strong outside shooter. After shooting 41% from three this year, he comes back and shoots about 38% this year. Um, so continue to hit that at a high rate rate. Uh, continuing to be a guy that doesn't make mistakes, is durable, is healthy. Um, I, you know, B is to me what what Monte Morris is, just a, a solid, solid player. And um, you know, a couple of those early struggles aside, I, I think he was right where he wanted to be as those playoffs were getting to, getting ready to start. Yeah, and, and I think I completely agree with you. And I think the only thing I would add to that is, you know, there was that time uh, where. It kind of happened throughout the season a little bit, but in different ways of, okay, when I think when the season first started, the bench unit was kind of struggling. And so they put a lot of starters in and then the starters were struggling. So they put that bench unit in. And as the season went on, Monte Morris, I mean, he is a sixth man, you know, so he, he was able to help that transition to get kind of that equilibrium across the court. Um, and I think that that also was something that he he did pretty well this season after he got over that little bit of a slower start. Yeah, a- absolutely. Again, and just being... Just being a guy you can depend upon with Monte Morris, I I think, you know, somebody asked me today what his what kind of his future looks like with this team. He's on next year, his his contract um, non-guaranteed deal for the last, I think, one point seven million for for next season. It wouldn't be surprising to me if the Nuggets tore that up and extended him this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends a lot, obviously, on how how the economics of it all play out. But I, I think the Nuggets really want him. He represents every kind of value that they have in that organization. I think he's going to be a part of it um, for a long time to come. Uh, let's hit Jeremy Grant now. Uh, and I think you're up. I am. So for Jeremy Grant, I gave him a B plus. I think that he really integrated nicely with this team um, after I mean, you know, it takes it takes a little bit of time to get into the rhythm with a new group of guys. But I think he did so at a rather quick pace. Um, I know in the beginning of the year, I think Michael Malone really wanted him to drive to the hoop and he wasn't doing that as much and he was shooting more. And then he was driving to the hoop more and not shooting. And then he just kind of found this really good balance. And he also just showed the versatility that he has. He can go to the hoop. He can get lucky with some shooting, some, um, shots from distance. He can play the five for them. He can play the four for them. Uh, he's kind of like a little Swiss army knife. 
Um, and I just think that, you know, especially when Paul Millsap, um, was, was resting and wasn't playing the value of Jeremy Grant just really came into light. And, and what, you know, I think that his, when he was traded to the nuggets in July, it was one of the more underrated trades of the summer. People weren't really paying attention to that. And I think now everyone's kind of seeing, okay, that was a really good get from the nuggets. Yeah, I gave him a B plus as well. And I, it took a little bit, it took a little while for him to kind of, um, you know, fully meld. Uh, the same thing happened to Paul Millsap when he signed here in 2017. That first, you know, probably first third uh, of of his first season with the Nuggets was kind of rocky, and then uh, and unfortunately he ended up getting hurt. Only played in uh, 44 games that first year, but um, you know he. he Jeremy Grant is somebody whose versatility, particularly defensively, I thought stood out. Um, he, because everything now, right, every move the Nuggets have been making is geared toward what helps us in the playoffs. How are we better in the playoffs? And there were just some of those matchups in which Jeremy Grant, um, in spot moments, uh, would really defend well a guy like Luka Doncic or or, or hold his own against Kawhi Leonard in moments. Um, again, he's not going to be a guy that you put on those players exclusively, but I think the switchability that he had on the perimeter, um, really show, showcasing his athleticism there, was a big plus. It, it gave the Nuggets an element that they didn't have before, and we saw it creep up time and time again. There was the, the game-saving block against the Suns that was one of the more, um, I, I think, underrated kind of low-key moves of the season, like a really major moment. Um, and, and he just had a a lot of those kind of a lot of those kind of things where he was a disruptor because of what he can do for uh, defensively his versatility defensively. Um, I, I'd like to see him add a few more moves uh, and counters off the dribble. I think he tends to be a little bit of a straight line driver at times, and so it'll be interesting to see if he can um, work with this player development staff whenever that is allowed to happen uh, and, and add a little bit more of that to his game and, and find different pockets that he can fit into where he can uh, exploit some of the skill sets that he has and will continue to develop. Um, but again, this is a guy, if I had to predict it now, is going to be their starting power forward next season. And, and so I, I think the fact that they got to see a lot of him, you know, I think as predicted, he ended up playing, averaging more minutes than Paul Millsap did. Uh, he, he's just a guy that you can use in a lot of different ways. And I'll just, the, the finer last fine point I'll put on it is when when Mason Plumley went down and Jeremy Grant ended up spending a lot of time as this as the backup center the small ball five uh, for the Nuggets I thought that was a, a really pretty fascinating development and something that is going to be important for the Nuggets as they go forward into the playoffs I think there's going to be times where you try to thin the bench out and maybe just play three bigs and play a little bit smaller the fact that he showed that he could do that that he could be uh, a five that that kind of holds his own at that spot uh, was really encouraging and, and I think is going to be something that will be fascinating to continue to watch uh, going into next year. Uh, a couple more here. Uh, Mason Plumley. Uh, I won't spend too much time on it. I get I get Mason Plumley a B minus. Obviously, he takes a little bit of a hit for for missing you know missing pretty significant action for I think the first time in his career um, that he really uh, missed a lot of games with that kind of foot ankle injury. Um, ended up missing twelve of Denver's games because because of that. Um, again, he, a solid, he was, he was solid for the Nuggets all season was what they needed him to be. Um, another guy who kind of started out of the gates a little bit slow, uh, the 17 minutes he averaged per game this year were, was the lowest, uh, of his career, which, which was a kind of another interesting component of this thing. Uh, so he just, just wasn't as much of, um, 
you know, I guess of, of an impact guy. And uh, it'll be interesting again to see this offseason what what where he goes as an unrestricted free agent. If I had to put a bet on it right now, I, I would be surprised to see him back with Denver next year. I just think there's going to be an opportunity for him to, you know, to maybe get into a starting role somewhere, um, which would obviously come with, you know, with a bigger contract. And, and again, just guys like him that probably who has started at other times in his career and would probably like to get back to that role. Um, that's obviously not something that the Nuggets are going to be able to offer him. So it, it'll be interesting. You know, maybe, maybe he just values this team. Maybe he sees this as a way to win a championship and that's what he's about right now. So, and, it, and if that's the case, maybe they find um, a deal that works for both sides, but I kind of would imagine that that he'll see a, a potentially bigger role out there and uh, and pursue it, but uh, I, I guess only time will tell. What what did you? How did you grade Mason? Yeah, I also gave him a B minus. Like you said, he, he was a good backup center. Uh, didn't you know? Really knock my socks off by doing you know? Wasn't one of those wow moments. Um, but he didn't you know. St- mess everything up either. So it, it he was, he was good. And I think, you know, you mentioned, uh, when, when he was out and then Jeremy Grant came back or, uh, stepped in as the backup five, when I saw how successful that was, I was like, Oh, well, I think that's going to be a lineup that that would probably knock, uh, Plumlee not out of the rotation, but decrease, uh, his, his playing time in that rotation because they did so well with that. And then he came back, um, and went right back into a spot. But I just think that that kind of showed, there are other ways for this team to get things done besides having the, you know, the typical big, big five. Um, they, they can have that with Nicole Jokic. And then there's other ways that this team can be successful. Um, so I gave him a B minus. I think we should send Mason Plumley. Um, we should get a trophy made and send it to him. And it just says 2019, um, 20 season Mason Plumley didn't mess it up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's like, uh, he, you know, it puts that right up there with any kind of like award that he's won in his career. Oh, <laughs> He'll yeah. be real appreciative of that. I'm, yeah. Uh, that's like little kid. That's like in little kid soccer where it's, you know, everyone hey, gets there. Yeah. You did good. You did good. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your orange slice. Yeah. Um, let's finish this with, with Tori Craig. Um, and let me know what you, what you, how you graded Tori Craig. So I, I graded Tory Craig as a uh, I know you don't like my in betweenies, but I gave him a C plus <laughs> B minus. Um, That's a really bad in betweenie because then I know, the, the, it's the kids come to teach. This is this is massive. I have a C or I have a B. Yeah, no, you just, know my my, my mom used to tell me I should be a teacher, and I'm like, mom, I'm too I like I couldn't even grade these people's tests or anything. They'd be so confused. <laughs> um, but I think I think. Uh, you know, his, his redeeming quality was his defense. He's, he's a good defender. Um, his, his offense is, you know, it's not great. His shooting isn't great. That was an area that I thought he could have, you know, improved on over the last summer, this past summer is work on his shooting. Um, and it, it was just, you know, meh, but he gave, he, he, he also, he gave good defense and, and, um, yeah, <laughs> I think I gave I gave Tory Craig a B, and I, you got to grade players based on you know who they are, what their role is, um, and all those kind of things. And I, I think again a, a B above that, solid in his position uh, was is is I think the thing that with Tory Craig this year is it's interesting that you're starting to hear some of the like top wing players, top guards in the NBA. 
um, really start to understand and know who he is and start to mention him as a player. I, I remember when Donovan Mitchell had that really rough game mm-hmm. for the Jazz in Denver. Um, you know, he brought up how much Torrey Craig uh, really gave him a handful. And you've heard that from a couple players of of what he does. And so it, that, that continues to be invaluable when you're talking about a guy who, who only averages five points a game. Um, you know, he doesn't give you a lot from a scoring perspective, but in his role as, as maybe the, you know, the ninth, tenth guy um, continue to be solid. The only reason that I didn't probably give him a B plus or an A minus, and you mentioned this a little bit, but. I wanted to see him come into the season. There was a lot of talk in the offseason about how how well he was shooting the ball in this during the summer and in training camp. Um, really wanted to see that translate because one of the problems when Torrey Craig is on the floor, and, and this is this has been something that's been the case the last couple of years, is you just don't get a lot of um, you don't get a lot of spacing. And, mm-hmm. and Denver's offense tends to really struggle, particularly with Jokic on the floor alongside Torrey Craig, um, just because he defenses don't respect that outside shot. And so that that's one thing that if, if he can find a way to, to crack that, to become a guy who can consistently hit, you know, 36% from three point range and, um, be a guy that you at least have to give a little bit of, uh, respect to as a defense, uh, then I, I think that could take his his value to to an even higher level. The question now for Torrey Craig: Do the Nuggets bring him back? He's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, you might have a young team that really values uh, having a veteran guy that they can pull on and show their young players, "Hey, this is how you play defense. This is this is the kind of effort we want on a day in day day out basis." And for a guy who played professionally for most of his career in Australia, um, you know, has been on a, obviously a value contract ever since he's been with the Nuggets, former two-way guy. Um, if there's a team out there that's going to be, you know, really willing, to, really willing to show him, um, you know, a sizable contract, he's going to have to consider that. He, he probably should take something like that if, if that's offered to him, um, and, and really, you know, take that opportunity to to make to make his money in this league. Um, I don't know if the Nuggets financially will be able to do that. I I know they highly value what he brings to the table, um, but that so that part of will, will be interesting. Restricted free agency hasn't been super friendly to players in past years but the unrestricted free agent class this year uh is thin and so he might be a guy that teams again maybe on a young team that has you know a bunch of young draft picks uh you know rookie second year players want to bring somebody in and say hey this is going to be the guy that we want you to take your cues from um so i'll be i'll be really interested to to watch how to watch how that pans out um so again, we, the, the, you know, Vlatko Chanchar, Bol Bol, didn't play enough in the NBA, I think, to warrant any kind of grade. Um, I give I give Vlatko an A plus for his <laughs> just um, presence in the locker room and just like being a guy that will joke with anybody. Um, didn't, didn't didn't Malone say something like that? He said that he's like on all NBA first team of smiles, smiles. all NBA. Totally. Yeah, that's that's a good call. <laughs> yep, right after I think it was right after the All Star break he said that. No, Vlatko yeah. was is an absolute joy to be around, and and he's uh, he's a guy that has become a fan favorite without having played a whole lot for good reason because he he's just one of those guys that 
um, you know, that makes you smile. Bol Bol, I, I, I probably got more questions about Bol Bol <laughs> yeah. this year than anybody outside of Michael Porter Jr. Um, the answer is we still don't know. Still don't know what kind of player, um, you know, he's ultimately going to be, what his health is going to look like, what kind of role he's going to have with the Nuggets. The, the, the simple answer is we just do not know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see when he gets, when the, when the team gets back going again, uh, what his fitness level is, you know, where that foot injury is at, um, because he played some in the G league, had some promising moments, um, and, and then kind of had some setbacks there and wasn't able, wasn't able to kind of play the last two months of the season. So, uh, again, another, another incomplete, uh, Kendra, any, any parting thoughts on, on this uh, experiment as we uh, close it out today? Not, not really. I'd love, I'd love there to be a little more basketball this season so we can kind of see full <laughs> circle. You know, that's my, you know, pray to the basketball gods out there if they're listening right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, then we can give out, some, I'll happily give out some new grades for the exactly. final 15 games or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be all for us this week. You know, again, thanks to all of our listeners and subscribers. If you are a subscriber, you know what to do. Uh, go where you listen to your podcast, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, and don't forget to uh, check out the new comment section for podcasts at The Athletic. Give us thoughts on, on each episode and tell us what you'd like to hear next. Until next time, thanks for stopping by. Thank you.